One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment, Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? It's going pretty well. Nice to chat with you again, Luke Owen. Thank you so much, Denise Salcedo, on your brand new Mac. Um, you were just saying then that you think it's too high def. Yeah, I don't like it. I could see like all my imperfections on my face and it's oh, making me very man. self-conscious. Like during the show, during the entire show, I'm like backing up because I'm like, I don't want anyone to see my face. Oh, dude, like, okay, so I um, had my parents over the last weekend, and just before they left, we were all like, oh, let's get together and take a photo. I'm terrible in sunlight, like, I get very <laughs> squinty eyes, so I have to wear sunglasses, but I didn't have any sunglasses to take. So we've only got, like, one photo, and it's this photo here of, like, all of us together. Are your like, eyes so closed? Oh, that's such a good photo, though. <laughs> so, like, my eyes are so squinty, and you can see, like, all, like, the crow's feet around my eyes and everything. <laughs> <laughs> You cannot see crow's feet. These oh, are not awful, crow's Denise. feet. <laughs> well, at least yours is in a picture that you can choose to share or not. Like, what am I going to do? Like, every single video, everyone's going to be like, oh, Denise has a wrinkle there, a pimple there, a hair out of place there. God. Oh, it's awful business. Right. Anyway, let's get into the show because we're going to be talking about Triple H's comments that he made on an NXT media call about fans. Here's why we think he could be wrong on some of those. Here's the show. Uh, right, well, let's dive in to, um, I, I would say this is probably the big bit of news uh, from the week. So that, and this actually happened yesterday. So this was the NXT media call. Triple H does these before every single takeover. And it is usually just the media get on the phone, journalists get on the phone. It's like Meltzer and uh, Louis Dangle for WrestleTalk.com was on there yesterday. Um, yeah, the, the usual names that you kind of see around these sorts of places. And they ask Triple H questions. And it is usually plans for this person plans for that person um what can we expect on the main roster what can we expect from the show this that and the other but like yesterday's media call had a slightly different 
twinge to it. And it was kind of sort of framed around a lot of, man, people don't seem to be into your product as much as they once were. Like, why do you think that is? And they also brought up um, NWA doing their all women's show that they're going to be doing with Mickey James and NXT call-ups and this, that, and the other. But like, just from before we could dive into the quotes themselves, from your perspective, how do you feel the call went? Well, see, I, so I wasn't on the call, right? So I was, cause I had something else going on and I'm never usually on those media calls. Right. So then like when I saw what was happening, cause everybody like updates you like on Twitter and all of that, I was like, okay, I'm going to see that afterwards. It's probably the same old, same old things that we always get, whatever. Right. So then afterwards I saw that people were like, oh, this was said, this was said. And I was like, okay, well, let me read what was actually said. And there's one thing I think to hear someone say, oh, I thought that Triple H was this on the media car, or oh, I thought Triple H was that. It's one thing to hear that and then to read the actual quotes in regards to what the question was that was asked by each given person. And so like when I read the one about the NFL the quote that he said yeah. about the NFL and then the one I believe it was in regards to Dave's question about him essentially giving reasons that the fans essentially that they kind of ruined the product for themselves, that sort of thing. And it, it was those two that I kind of felt like, all right, the, 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 the fan one I didn't think was right. And obviously like once we get into that more, I'll tell you like my reasonings as to why. And then the one about the women, the quote about the women, I didn't actually have a problem with what was said on there. And I'll tell you why once we actually jump into that. So let's get into the quote itself. So um, Triple H said, uh, and this is a, a sort of like fans ruining things for themselves, which is pretty much what he says in the quote, which is, uh, so this is Triple H. It's a funny thing to me. Sometimes that in our business, everyone is so worried about where people are going or where they're going to land. How is it going to play out long-term in the future? How about watch it? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you have to say, I, do you have to say, I like it, but I like this thing more than the other, or I like it, but I didn't like this thing as much as I like that one. Just watch it and stop trying to figure out what is going to happen. The fans ruined their own stuff half the time, trying to figure out where everything is going and why it's going there and how and then, uh, how and then trying to pick up their phone and going to search for the thing to find out what's going on and ruin it for themselves. So they're not surprised when it happens. I don't understand that. This is, I, I hate, like this really boils my piss. This like rhetoric that, ah, do you know what? Our product isn't bad. It's the fans that are wrong. They're the real problem here. These fans are the reason why they're not enjoying our product. It really, really irks me. I've never known a media company or any form of entertainment that spends so much time hating the people that watch it and people that pay to watch it as well, that they just think are like, ah, well, just watch it and enjoy it. Like that's not... That's not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility to just watch and enjoy something. You are It's your job to put on a product that is making me want to watch it, right? It's not my job to just watch it and enjoy it. I completely agree on that. I think it was kind of, it was surprising to read that. And here's the thing is that I almost feel that... I, 
I, I feel like he went in a totally different direction because, you know, I watch NXT every week. I know what, you know, is discussed on, you know, podcasts and post shows and amongst, you know, wrestling fans on social media. And it's not necessarily because I think uh, somewhere in there he said like, oh, people are constantly worried about, oh, where the, where is this person going to go? Where is that person going to go? And I don't necessarily think it's that. It's more of the sense of, you know what, what's the good, what's the show good today? Yes or no? Why was it not good? Why was it good? What was good about it? Here's what it, what I did like. Here's what I didn't like. And and so I kind of feel like the way that I understood that where he said like, oh, where is this going to go? That people are always worried about like future storylines. And, and uh, you know, is this person going to go to the main roster? Is this person not going to go to the main roster? And for me, I feel like that's all part. I don't think as many people are always as stressed out like, hey, is this person going to go to the main roster or not? I don't really feel that. I feel like sometimes, yeah, we always say like, oh, this person's main suit, um, better off on the main roster or oh, this person should be on NXT. But I do feel that it's not necessarily because like, oh, we hate the product or we're just trying to ruin it for ourselves. If anything, I feel like we're getting more into the product. If you're talking and analyzing it and it's like okay you know if you're a fan of a movie franchise if you're a fan of a tv series you're telling me these are not questions that fans are asking themselves too hey what's gonna happen to this character oh my god i swear to god if this happens at the end of the season i'm gonna lose lose my mind you know things like that so you get that facet in like tv as well so i don't necessarily understand why it's such a big deal that, you know, it's happening here on, you know, NXT. And when it comes to like, oh, I like this better. I like that better. That's going to happen no matter what, no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're talking about wrestling. You know, I'm very much into like pop music. And I will tell you that people there are always arguing about similar things. They're arguing, well, I like this album better. Well, this album was better because that album was this. It's a constant thing. So I do feel that it's very strange that, they he kind of honed in on this instead of maybe I think more of what I think the question really was was I think more of like the storylines and the creative that is what I don't think he really touched on in my opinion I think he could have touched on that more so than kind of like okay blaming it on the fans you know because I do think that like storyline and creative point blank so I know this is just in regards to NXT, but let's say we're talking about Raw, point blank. Like, it's not, it's not like, oh, the, it's not the fans anymore. Like, you can't blame the fans on this one. And I also think it's weird to say, like, oh, don't watch or do watch because the last time that happened, th- like, three million people got lost somewhere and oh stopped God. watching the show. So it's like, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, think about it this way, Luke. If Russell talk, if people are like, hey, Luke, like, we don't like this anymore. Like, can you guys please change this? And this is a valid, like, feedback from fans. You're telling me that you and Ollie aren't going to sit down and actually talk about what you can change? Legit. uh, And we've been very upfront about this as well. A couple of years ago, we had a massive drop off in viewers, like across the board, like across our podcast and across the news as well. We just saw like this big drop off in things. And we basically just asked out why like why what is what have we done 
that has made like less people tune in to watch our stuff now. And we had a lot of feedback. Uh, titles are too clickbaity. Your thumbnails are this and this and the other and the product. And so we're like, okay, cool. Well, let's address that then. And we were just very upfront about it. And we have tried to make a concerted effort. And uh, every day where we have conversations about titles and thumbnails, we are trying to make a concerted effort to listen to that feedback that we got several years ago. And we have bounced back from that because we listened to fan feedback and we kind of reciprocated that. Now, there are still people out there that don't like our titles, still think that we're too clickbaity, but there's also, you're never going to be able to please everyone. And I think like that's something that Triple H is kind of missing the boat on as well, is that you can't, like, it's not every fan that's going to read the dirt sheets. It's not every fan that is watching this podcast. It's not every fan that's doing this. It's a certain type of fan that is talking about that kind of thing. But you know what, like those, they, like you pointed out there, they exist in all forms of media. The MCU, I used to run, a, I used to uh, work for a movie website. Like uh, that was my job uh, when I was a freelancer. Anyway, I used to work for a movie website and my job was to essentially report on the news. And it was about like, you know, this thing has leaked from Iron Man 3. This thing is here, like future plans for Thor. And, and like, that's what we were doing. And that's what people really wanted to read. Do you know what? More people were going to watch those movies. Endgame didn't flop at the box office because people were reading online about what yeah. things were happening. If anything, like people get it more excited about it because they're invested in the product. They were invested in the story. They were invested in those characters and they wanted to see the, you know, what was happening. This isn't like some new phenomenon that only happens within the world of wrestling. So you said it happens across various different things. Exactly. And I do have to agree when you say like, oh, when fans are saying, when there's a community of people basically saying, oh, this is really, really good. It really does impact what other people think or whether or not somebody's going to go ahead and give it a chance to watch it. So I do think that, you know, in fact, having the word of mouth spread that like, hey, this is a good thing. Obviously, that's going to help people tune into the actual show. But if you're like, remember when, um, God, I think it was when Keith Lee won the two titles on NXT and th that had been leaked. I thought that it was going to like affect the ratings that week. I thought, okay, well, no one's going to be interested in watching because they already know. And then more people, I think that week, I don't remember the numbers. That was such a long time ago. But I remember like more people ended up tuning into that show. And I was like, whoa, I was completely wrong on that. Like, I, I thought like, hey, you got the spoiler. So you just don't care. But I was wrong. People definitely yeah. tuned in for that and they didn't care. So it is interesting to say to like, hey, let's blame the fans. I don't think that that's the way that you have to do it. I don't mind Triple H getting, you know, a little aggressive in these calls. But mm -hmm. I do. If you're going to get aggressive, I feel like maybe have like a more of a valid. But this see this. The thing, yeah. though, is that this may be a valid reasoning for them. Well, Making exactly. their and mind, I, I, it is valid. I, I, I think it I think it is like, you know, we are two years removed now from the you are the authority promo where like the McMahon's or family all stood in a row and we're just like, look, we're sorry that you don't like our product. And we are genuinely sorry about that. So we're making a concerted effort to try and improve this product. We're going to do away with the antiquated uh, rematch clause. because That's something that you have said that you don't like. We're doing away with general managers because that is something that you don't like. And then I fast forward two years later. Do you know what I'm seeing on TV? I'm seeing tag teams getting automatic rematches and them saying and then referencing this is a rematch because they lost the title and i'm seeing adam pierce and sonia deville as 
general managers. Like they essentially said, you don't like this. So we're not going to do it anymore. And then three months, you know, a, a year and a half later being like, actually, I don't really care. Like you know, the people are tuning out anyway. So we may as well just bring it back in. Like you look at, I, I was going through sort of the ratings and stuff and like, you know, the drop off of viewership, like just five years ago, the Raw After Mania got 5.1 million viewers. Like 5.1 million viewers tuned in. I had to look what the roar after the rumble last year did. The like when we had like fans still in the arena. Because I don't want to look at like Thunderdome era because I feel like that might be an unfair figure to look at. So I was like, well, let's look at the ones where fans were still there. 2.3 million. So that's half your audience have tuned out of this show. And they're dropping off more and more and more. That is not fans going to Dave Meltzer and reading The Observer. Like that's not because they're doing that. It's not that they're ruining the product for themselves. It is a uh, a product that people are not interested in. I think sometimes that like, you forget that people have a mind of their own and it's not necessarily, oh, I listened to this person. And so they say the show sucks. So you know what? I just decided not to watch the show because this person yeah. says it sucks. No, people have a mind of their own. They're going to tune in. They're going to give it a chance. And they're going to be like, oh, I'm not interested. Let me let me change the channel. What's on? What's on? I don't know. Some other channel. <laughs> I'm like trying exactly. to think of a channel that's like I was going to say MTV, but I was like, I don't even know what's on MTV right now. Scooby-Doo wasn't MTV. Um, I never had MTV as a kid, so I don't oh, have no sorry. idea. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't watch cable anymore. I watch per by program. Hey, wherever this program's at, that's where I'm that's, tuning that's where in. I'm heading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the other the other quote that some people took a bit of umbrage with um, is about the all women's pay per view. Like they were asking, like, are we going to get um, another evolution show? And like Triple H almost like laughed it off, being like, didn't we already do that one? And then so here's this quote. Uh, it's a funny thing to me. Equality is equality. Equality is not, I want my own show. Equality is not, we have to have our own program. If I told you that I was making an all men's program and I didn't want women on it, it would be criticized. I'm going to pause the quote for a second there. That's 205 Live and people don't <laughs> criticize it because people don't watch it. <laughs> Back to the quote. Also, when you did the Saudi Arabia shows that are all men, people did criticize it. Anyway, um, I'm not back to the quote. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. If you want to wrestle the best women in the world, come to WWE. That's where they are. Will we do another women's event down the line? Possibly, but it's not a must have in the moment. I think we do an amazing job of displaying our female athletes. Is it perfect? No. Will it always be in flux? Yes, but I think we do a pretty good job. And in my opinion, the best female performers in the world are in WWE. And if they're not, they want to be here. See, I do agree with the fact that, like, obviously, if you were to do an all men's only show, hey, yeah, it's definitely not the same. It's, it's just it's two different things. But yes, if you do want the, you know, the equality thing, then you'd be like, OK, well, then we're not going to do an all men show. But then here's the thing is that and I know that you, I don't know how many people are going to, you know, how they're going to feel about what I have to say. But here's one of the things that I've always kind of been like, OK, well, as a woman, I can say that when I see them, like, let's say women have like this amazing match. What happens usually afterwards? Triple H comes out with flowers. They come out with flowers and oh, congratulations and this and that. When did the men get flowers? Tell me, when's the last time men got flowers? Why do we always got to get flowers? And maybe I'm just like, maybe like a super like feminist type. Maybe I'm a radical. I don't know. Maybe I'm too much of an extremist. But to me, all right, if you're going to say like, okay, let's claim the equality thing. Okay, so then why do we got to get flowers? We did a good job. Pat us on the back. High five, whatever. Move on. Why do we got to make this whole like pageantry out of it? So that's where like my thing is like, okay, if you're going to say that, 
then you got to go ahead and follow through in every sort of the way. I'm going to I want to start seeing Tomasa Champa, Adam Cole, Walter get flowers. <laughs> OK, <laughs> they got to get flowers now. Um, so that was like it was always a little thing that I saw where I was like, oh, yeah, that's nice. That's sweet. Everybody likes getting flowers. But at the same time, I was like, why only the women? Why do you got to yeah. emphasize like you did a good job? Oh, my God, you did a good job. Of course, we did a good job. But I really do think that um, I do think that they are doing a good job in terms of actually giving the women opportunities on NXT, because how many times haven't been they been the main event? Obviously, right now, the storylines necessarily aren't that great, but they actually do give the women time to, you know, have matches mm -hmm. on the show, etc. Now, I'm not talking about Raw and SmackDown. I'm just talking about NXT here. And so I do agree with that on all of that. Now, when it comes to the all women show, I just think that you know, a lot of the people believe that the reason why the woman's show was done was done because it was more of like a PR thing where it's like, OK, well, we just had this Saudi Arabia show with all men. And so, you know, let's do a all ladies show all to show, yeah. counter that. And so that's what I think is more. And then also, here's the thing. Think about it this way. If that show would have drawn like made a lot of money or whatever, Tell me that you don't believe that we'd be on Evolution 85 by now. <laughs> we would have yeah, had well, another yeah. evolution. Well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? When we had Maria Kanellis on the show, it was because it came out. It was Mickey James on um, GAW TV was saying like she was told, "Oh, women don't draw money. That's why you're never going to get Evolution Two or Evolution Two, however you want to say it." Like, it, like, and it was. It, you're right. It wasn't a show that drew a massive amount of audience to it, so that's why they've not done it again. I think it's a, it's a business decision. To be honest, like what I kind of half agree with what Triple H is saying in this one, which is like it, equality is not just we have our own show. Like that is. For me, that is not. It's like it is. A, you know, it, it is an equal thing. That's what equality kind of is stands down to. I think I took a bit of umbrage with. Not actually. No. Do you know what? I really don't. It was this whole like the best women in the world are here, and if they're not, they want to be. I took a bit of umbrage with that because I a that's not true. But the other part of me is just like I need a promoter. Like you're putting over your own product, so of course you're going to say something like that. Like so I, I didn't I have an it. issue with that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I did. Are coming and being like, you know, like, hey, you know, great women are out there, and Britt Baker being like this and the other. And I was like, he's just, you know, he's a promoter promoting his own show. I'm sure if Tony Khan was asked, he would say, we have the best women's roster on the planet, and all the women. I'm sure he come has. Here. I'm, I'm sure, sure he has. has. I'm, I'm sure Maria, Maria Canellis would say the same thing about ROH. It's just a promoter promoting their own product. So yeah, I th that of all the things that people had a gripe with about Triple H and the media call, the whole uh, his thoughts on the women's pay per view stuff was the one that I didn't have as much of an issue with. I didn't either. I think for me, it was more of the whole blaming the fans thing. The women's stuff, oh. I'm like, okay, I feel like we know why that show was done. Obviously, they're not going to go out and flat out say it, but we can speculate the reasons as to why oh, yeah. it was really done in the first place. And if you want to, you know, claim that it's an equality thing. All right. You know what? You found an angle. There you go. But when it comes to like, when it comes to the blaming of the fans, I think that's where it's a little bit like, okay, well, what's going on here? We got to do something about it. Can you imagine if like Taylor Swift was like yelling at her fans being like, Oh, what? You guys wanted a music video for this song? Well, screw you guys. <laughs> you know, like, can well, you yeah. imagine that? Like if we'd come back to like Marvel and stuff, 
um or even like i mean and mine might be off base on here um game of thrones is a show that i am currently watching i am so my finger is firmly on the pulse that i am tuning into this show now and i'm onto the final season of it as well i've been told that's where it gets bad i think it's been broadly fine the entire time um but people didn't like that final series like people really really didn't like that final series but i thought i would have a look into it um 19.3 million still tuned in for the finale of it and you know and they had their things to say about online but i don't think like the game of thrones creators then came out and said like god you you're the problem like we did we did the best that we could and you guys suck and like we you know you're the real reason why we didn't do very well on there i i and i I don't i don't actually know that for for sure but i don't remember seeing anything like that no i don't think so i feel like there would be like this massive amount of outrage like how dare you be me to the people that are essentially keeping your job alive without the fans you're not a tv show Let's look at the the NFL quote he said, because I found this one to be incredible terms, really. Um, so here's what Triple H had to say. So someone asked him about NXT call-ups not working on the main roster. And Triple H said, one way of looking at it is misused. And the other way is that the things don't pan out. There are players in the NFL. They play college football and people can't wait for them to get to the NFL. When they get to the NFL, it doesn't work out. You can say a team misused them or mismanaged them or coach of the team then played for, uh, didn't put them in the right role. Could be a million reasons. It can be that sometimes talent doesn't fit in a particular role or talent got to a a particular place and that was the end of their growth curve. Sometimes it doesn't work. There can be a lot of factors. Now, first of all, Triple H, um, the NFL is a real sport. And sometimes people go into real sports and it doesn't work. Do you know what's do you know what's funny about pro wrestling? You get to make the rules. If you want someone to get over, you can make them get over. Like, it's not a case of, oh, we put them there and we tried, but pff, I don't know, it just didn't work out, I guess. Well, see, here's the thing is that my my thing was more of like, okay, so when he said that, I get it. Like, there might be some people that we just, like, let's say we're rooting for someone, right? We're like, oh, this person's so good. But they may suck at, you know, like, promos or, or you know what? Maybe they just don't have it, right? They just don't have it. Like, yeah, you could protect them and, you know, maybe show their strengths instead of their of highlighting their weaknesses. I get that. Sometimes things don't work out. I fully, fully get that. But for me, like, when I was reading this quote to my fiance, who's this big football fan, big sports fan, and, you know, very – interested in that world and I asked him like does this make sense to you and he was like he went on this whole rant about like how it did not make sense to make that comparison with the NFL now I wish he was here because he's the one who could fully explain why it didn't make sense because he went off and I tuned out at some point I was like yep I don't even know anymore because I'm not a football fan (laughs) but he started telling me like how it was kind of ridiculous to make that assumption he started going off about like college football and you know the NFL and basically all of that right and then he was like it would have made now I don't remember exact his exact wording on this but he was like it would have made more sense if he would have compared it more towards the MLB and some other stuff like that whatever it was this whole rant so essentially like if you're like a major sports fanatic this quote did not make sense whatsoever in the way that it was actually used so that's kind of what I what I want to get at is that if you're a sports fan and you're listening to this you're going to be like WTF yeah and actually there's someone who's just said it in the comments I'll just see if I can find it there as James here said way more NXT call-ups have failed than succeeded like that is an that's an undeniable fact that there are way more failures than there have been successes. So who was I, a success? Like think about it. Who even Seth was Ro- a success? Seth Rollins. 
Seth Rollins is a success story. And like you could make the argument for Roman Reigns, but Roman was barely in NXT. Like Roman had like two matches in NXT, and then he was already on the main roster. Seth was at least a former champion. Um, Big E, I think you know Big E's doing fairly well on the main roster. Baron Corbin, maybe. Um, <laughs> Isn't this sad? We can't even oh, uh, think yeah. of something. I, yeah, you can certainly do it from the women's thing because like Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, Sack. Well, yeah, there's, okay, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. There's okay, yeah. right there. Um, Someone said, does does Drew McIntyre count? No, I don't think so because Drew McIntyre left and then he like literally made like completely reinvented himself and then came back to NXT. But that didn't mean he was like, you know, no, I, I wouldn't count him. Yeah. And also like the first thing they did when they brought but him up was turn him here and make him a heater for Dolph Ziggler. Actually, maybe, maybe we could count him because the question is call-ups from NXT to the main roster. At the end of the day, he gets to get called up. So I don't know. However you want to look at this argument, you could or could not count him. Yeah. And like, and I'm going to, you know, to defend Triple H somewhat in this, that's a hard question to answer. Like, I mean, but, you know, you put yourselves into these positions when you're on a media call. Okay. Like, ask me a question. Ask me the same question. <laughs> Fans aren't interested, Denise. What are you going to do? Okay, uh, Denise, uh, fans don't seem to like your product at the moment. Um, why do you think that is? I would say, well, like, you know what, Luke? That's a pretty bold statement to make because I think there are fans that like our show. Granted, there's going to be people that aren't necessarily that happy about it. But, you know, you can't please everyone. We are trying. We're going out there. You know, this is what we're doing. We're putting new faces on there. I would give Exhibit A, Exhibit B of some of the new people that we're putting out there. Uh, you know, we just can't, we, we have this Fatal 5-Way match coming up. And this is some of the things that I think you guys will be interested in NXT in your house. And this is what we're trying. And this is what we're doing. And, you you know, we're just going to keep trying, keep listening to the fans and see what they say. Bam. End of call. Dropped mic. Man, That's all you that have was, to say. That was wonderful spin. That was beautiful spin. Thank in fact, you. Because not only did you Thank completely you. spin the question around into a positive, you also then started to promote the show, which is what the media call is for. That's right. That, ladies and gentlemen, that's a pro right there. I need to be a politician. It's official. <laughs> It's from um, like years and years of like interviews. I'm like, just answer it this way. If I could, yeah. I would media train people. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'd like to thank everyone in the chat as well for naming like uh, lots of NXT. I, yeah, success stories, I think is, I mean, granted, the majority of the roster now is just NXT call-ups. So, yeah, maybe. Um, but, I, I, you know, not as many of them are, not many of them are the top stars they possibly could be. Anywho, let's get into what you have to say about all this, because you've been very vocal up in our ultra chat. Alexander has said, I can't believe Triple H would condemn the fans that watch the product, expect good storylines to entertain us, the viewers. When something doesn't make sense, you go onto an online uh, to confirm that what we saw was right or wrong. Don't tell us two plus two equals five and we'll believe you. James Markin says, um, didn't they say they are the next Marvel? Did they not know that Marvel fantasy cast speculate about the next episode, issue, move your season? Like that is a... I mean, and sometimes it's to to a detriment as well. Like the, the backlash that one division got, I thought was incredibly unfair because there were people who were just like they saw something, they were like, "That means this." And I'm, but uh, a spoiler warning out here. This is a spoiler warning for something that happens in one division. Giving you fair warning. I'm going to talk about something that happens in the show one division. There is a moment when someone says, I know an astrophysicist or something along those lines, an astrophysicist or something like someone says words along those lines. And then the internet was like, it's Reed Richards. That's how they're bringing Reed Richards into the show. Reed Richards is going to be on the show next week. Reed, like it's finally Reed Richards is going to be here. That's how we're going to launch the Fantastic Four. As it turns out, it was no one. It was just a guy. <laughs> it was just a guy who was an astrophysicist and people lost their minds. And I was like, dude, they never teased that it was Reed Richards. Like that's 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 not the show's fault that you thought it was going to be Reed Richards. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like you have no idea how many times I see like, oh, I hate this so much. When some like music reporter asks like somebody like, oh, so who do you want to do a collaboration with? And then they say like, oh, I have a collaboration with this person. And the fans are like, oh my God, the collaboration is happening. And people are like, no, the collaboration's not happening. Or sometimes they tease certain things and people think like, oh, collab is happening. And then it doesn't. But it's like in all fandoms, like you can't help it but to get excited about things. Now, let's say if I was like, oh like let's say you're like uh, a movie or something you're or like not even a tv show and you drop a little easter egg and no one cares can you imagine how much horrible that would be if nobody actually cared about what your little easter egg was it's terrible yeah, absolutely yeah um someone who mentioned had a good comment about there um do, 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 do. oh yeah um i want to be media trained how much is this uh fictional online class denise five dollars 
<laughs> Mark, that's a good that's a good price yeah i know because i'm targeting the poor people like me come on over <laughs> michael rivera said uh, imagine if any other company reacted the way wwe treats their viewers like it's your fault enjoy it or don't like Meltzer and alfred have been saying for years they view us as marks and who will watch regardless as brain dead zombies that's why they think the way they do uh, abner have said no one um nothing hates its fans as much as pro wrestling who would you have had be um, Andrade Idolo's first opponent in AEW? My pick would be either Cody Rhodes, so you can ride him off TV, and <laughs> also, him, also when he can easily beat, like, Janela. I think either... Well, I won't say, like, oh, Cody Rhodes, he can ride him off TV. Yeah, Cody Rhodes does need a little bit of a break right now. He needs to yeah. come back and rethink some things. Um, let's see. Who would I want? I hope they don't go the WWE route and give them like whoever the Hispanic is on the roster oh, yeah. and put them up against with Ray him. Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. They'd be like, oh, here's your match with Ray Phoenix. Here's a match with Penta. You know what's yeah, funny? we never you see you what? again. I was literally about to say Phoenix or Penta, but that might just be because I'm such a mark for the Lucha Brothers. And I was like, dude, I want to see that match. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you can't go this route. Because like right away, everybody was like, oh, he should be in a Latino stable. He should be in a Latino stable. And I'm like, why do you guys always got to put us in a box stop putting <laughs> us in a box okay we don't want to be in a box yeah sorry that's on me that one uh, matthew mccoskey said uh best women's wrestlers are in wwe lol thunder rosa and Britt baker would like to have a word new punk rand said it could be argued that wwe abuses their fans in a way and i get not just watching but a lot of fans are longtime fans and invested heavily you almost mocked for it at every single turn it is quite upsetting yeah, the, I, I, there was a, the, the other chat that pointed out, like, we're marks. We are there to provide them with money. And I think that, like, you know, the show's been around for so long now. And, like, there's this 1.5 million viewers that are going to watch regardless that they've almost just been relying on. Like, you know, no matter what happens, no matter what product they put out there, there's going to be 1.5 million viewers. Um, and so, like, it's fine. So, really, at the end of the day, doesn't matter. Uh, what they say, what they do. It's going to be that 1.5 that always tune in. Impact, like TNA had the exact same thing. And the Impact was on Spike TV. There was 1 million viewers that watched that show. Regardless of what it was, 1 million people would watch that show. Those are some very loyal people. Uh, right, well, let's get into your Patreon mailbag questions. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers over at patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk at any dollar amount. Leave a comment in the community tab labeled mailbag. Do, oh man, I nearly got through that without slipping over. My, How did you mess it. up? You have oh, the same line every week, oh, Luke. No, How did you I mess know, up? I know, Denise. I was an, it was an error for me to have a drink. Um, That's it. We're not pushing you anymore on Russell Talk. You're done. Your push is done. You're going back to developmental. We're bringing somebody else up. It's about time, really. Um, yeah. yeah. Do not e do not email me. I'll just lose it. I'm bad at my job. Ket opens things up to say, would you rather watch the Baron Corbin mid-card vortex or the women's tag team championship vortex? The women's tag team championship vortex. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about Baron Corbin just beating Shinsuke Nakamura on TV in a, in a minute or so. But 
I, I'm, I'm, so, <laughs> I, I said this. I well, you know what, review. Luke? It's your fault that you're not thrilled <laughs> about that. So just stop watching. <laughs> you know what? Like it, it actually says like I. So a couple of weeks ago, I did the SmackDown review because Pete was off, and that was when Baron Corbin beat Smack, uh, beat Shinsuke Nakamura on SmackDown. It's when he stole the crown. And at the end of it, I just said, huh, well, yep, I guess that happens. And I was like, do you know what? Like two years ago, you'd have been so mad about this. And now you're at the point where it's like, uh, yeah, I guess it just happened. Baron Corbin won. Cool. I guess. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. I think like now a lot of times, unless something like outrageous happens, like the whole Shayna uh, Lily thing, I think for the most part, I'm like, all right. Well, yeah. oh, dude, I was like, people were worried about me. People were like, I know I everybody Stockholm. was talking about you. Yeah, people thought I had Stockholm syndrome or something because, like, they tuned into the Raw review thinking I was going to be so mad at the Shayna Baszler thing. And I was like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's Alexa Bliss's Luke. wacky thing this week. No, you got to, you just said we got to give the people what they want. They wanted angry fireball <laughs> Luke <laughs> Owen. So you should have been there, like, fully raged out with, like, your eyes coming out, veins popping out. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, it's just it's this week's wacky Alexa Bliss segments. I mean, WWE have done wackier things. Uh, have they though, really? Of course I, they have. No, do, do, I have feel we like all that forgot, was up there. All that was up Kane, there. Have we all forgotten Kane setting the like the Undertaker's parents on fire in caskets on the stage? Okay, and, but like, let's talk about like this like era right now, though. Like right now. Some yeah, of like, the they, wackiest they, things she, that have happened she, right now. She made she made Randy Orton cough up black liquids, and oh, she right. has been she's For been that. transforming in ring. Like she reverted back to like the little five foot goddess or whatever her gimmick was in the middle of a match. I she don't transformed think that was as bad <laughs> as the Shayna thing. <laughs> I think it was. No, I think it wasn't as bad. I think it's the Shayna thing, the zombie thing, the WrestleMania, the way everybody booed. The liquid is bad, though, especially for somebody like Randy Orton, who you, you like respected and take seriously. And all of a sudden, he's got black liquid coming out yeah, of his mouth. Well, exactly. Yeah. A giant, like, jack in the box just coming down yeah, to the ring. Yeah. Like, it, it's just wacky stuff, really. Yeah. It's just, hey, just the next wacky thing. She saw her in a mirror. That's the wackiness this time. And it was, was shot it? poorly because everything's shot poorly. I don't even know. <laughs> You know what? This didn't get over Lily either. Let's just be real. <laughs> <laughs> Justice for Lily. Mark Jones, uh, it's a question just for me this week, although you, you can chime in if you'd like. Um, with the recent announcements from Sega about the new Sonic games with Sonic Colors Ultimate and Sonic Origins, are you looking forward to these new games? If so, which one are you most looking forward to? Excellent question, Mark. I have Always a brilliant answer for that too, you know? Yeah, I yeah, know. Oh, well, let's hear you first then. Oh, I think it's a great idea. Good job for Sega. <laughs> i'm just kidding continue on i have no idea what you're talking about i mean like i said this on my um the other podcast that i do it is um it's it completely typical of sega really that they had um sonic mania a couple of years ago that everyone universally loved it was a classic 2d sonic game that was brand new and everyone was like this is rad this is awesome this is what we have wanted from this franchise for so so long and they looked at that and was like cool Here's another 3D game you don't want. And I go, oh, yeah, that is atypical Sega. You know, pre-COVID, I was working, um, God, one of those big video game conventions in LA. I don't know if it was E3 or another E3. one. Is there another one Probably or is E3. it just E3? Uh, E3 is like the big one. Okay, then I think I was working that one because it was huge, like this huge convention. And I think I was working with Sega. They're the ones that do, wait, who does Mario? That's Nintendo. 
oh, never mind. I was working for Nintendo. <laughs> so they had the Mario Luigi haunted house thing. And then next door, they had a different game. It was Mario 2, I think. But anyway, so my job was to work there. So I was like getting people to like come in and play the games. But it was funny because I wasn't in like the the video game knowledge section. So there's like a section where like each person, <laughs> essentially like every time you go in to play a game, there's somebody there that like explains the game to you and tells you like, oh, this is what you do and this is how you win, but whatever, right? They talk about the game. So like my job was just to like tell people like, oh, you're up next and you go on this one. <laughs> like you're number one, you're number two. But it was so funny though, because like I had the lamest job because I didn't know about <laughs> video games. But uh, <laughs> it was just crazy though, because that was really my introduction into like, holy only like people are really into video games like people were losing their minds because these were like new games that hadn't came out yet and people were getting to play them for the first time and they would ask me questions and i'd be like oh i don't know but you can ask that guy please you sound like every video game documentary i've ever seen which is like and like and this is and this is my problem i've always had with video game documentaries netflix had one um last year that really annoyed me which is they've all got this same storyline which is like did you know video games are a billion dollar industry now it's like yeah dude it's been that way for 20 plus years like what a a shock now i was in a shock i went into a shock i remember thinking like oh my god you know it's funny i had access to go into like any place I, not like any place but like I could because I was an employee I could go and skip the lines and do like all of these like things on my lunch break I didn't do squat I sat on my phone and just <laughs> went on like Twitter <laughs> and they gave me like goodies and stuff and I gave those away I was like oh, you could take that whatever but oh yes okay. I was working for Nintendo Nintendo, there we go. Uh, MK3 said, do you think that AEW Dynamite moving slots between Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday will affect the company negatively long-term? Secondly, and most importantly, are we all just going to ignore the unprotected chair shots to the head by Sean Spears in Blood and Guts and uh, Stadium Stampede? Wait, say that again. So, I mean, so first off... um, it's uh, AEW are in an unfortunate position at the moment where essentially their shows are being preempted, so they've been bumped to Friday and Saturday, like that's a nightmare. I haven't been able to watch. I haven't watched the show. Like it sucks. I, I'm like catching up on a. Monday. Wait, when do you guys get to watch it? I watch it on a Monday. Like I basically just like because I. But is it I don't, shown I, on Friday for you guys too, or is it shown differently? I, no, there? I think I think it's differently because like basically we get it on Friday here in the UK on ITV4, but like it's the replay of the Wednesday show. So I don't know if they're actually just showing it live or like you know, oh, I see. Or, or like they're showing something else and they're now just a week behind. Oh, I um, see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I tend to just like watch it online anyway. <laughs> um, but shh, shh, don't tell anyone um but yeah like um so i've been able to like probably watch the show i'm so looking forward to it coming back onto a wednesday but like it, it's not been great for their ratings man no it's been like i think they're like sitting at last week they had like four something i think the week before that was like five something and no and it's not what's sad is that it's not a good indication for how rampage is going to do nope, and not. like i don't know how many people like it like you said that core loyal fan base that is going to watch everything will definitely be there watching rampage now the fan of aew that's like well i want to have a life on friday night and i ain't gonna watch smackdown so i'm gonna go out with my friends or whatever they probably ain't gonna be watching i mean they could either wait watch monday but i see i'm not i don't know how many people unless they have to actually wait and like dvr something and watch something i mean there's a lot of people that obviously do that but like for me like if i miss something i'm just gonna catch up on twitter or read an article and bam i'm caught up yeah um uh, just a uh, shout out to alex here 
Luke, don't tell anyone. Internet. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Don't tell anyone. Um, is it the way that I used to watch SmackDown for like a whole year? Is that where we're oh, getting yeah, here? Yeah, 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 pretty much. I mean, that's what I have to because we don't get it live here. So I have to yeah. watch it those ways. Yeah. Um, I used to watch yeah. I used to watch um yeah, a totally different feed of SmackDown. Yeah, I, I, I've just got different methods. That's what I have. Yes, exactly. I feel those methods. Do your methods come with a terrible chat on the side? Oh, mine, no, mine, mine don't. Mine have a lot of pop-ups, though. Uh, oh, like, yeah. Uh, if you, if you, once you press play, oh, you got a lot of things you need no. to close down. Mine was a chat on the side that had, like, the worst comments that you could ever think of, ever. Yeah. Like, that kind yeah. of, yeah. Anyways, moving on. Yeah. Anyway, um... Also, I can watch it on fight, uh, which is why, which is why I should do really. Um, anyway, the the second part of that was Sean Spears um, because of, he had um, he's got his chair shot gimmick now, and he's hitting people sort of like on the the back of the sort of like the neck area, basically. Like he's sort of like trying to bring that back as his new thing. So it's not tech; it's not quite the unprotected chair shot that it that it that it sort of is. Like Cody tried to bring it back, like when they did the fighter first one. Like that was the whole plan was just trying like you know because like oh, the boys really like unprotected chair shots we're gonna do it and it didn't work out well and it actually backfired massively so they just don't do it anymore so this is like their new safe way of doing it i guess it's as long as the as long as they're doing it safe i have no issue with it i don't want to see them doing it cracked to the front of the skull ever again no me either i i, I don't know it's just knowing like what can happen mm-hmm. i'm no i would feel too bad oh yeah uh, Marcus Campbell said, what's your favorite Auntie Donna sketch? Do you know Auntie Donna? No. Now, I'm going to quickly double check here because I think... What is Auntie Donna? Is it like a British thing? I believe they're Australian. Oh. Or, um, yeah, from Melbourne. So they're Australians. They're an absurdist group. They're like a comedy sketch act. I've only ever seen one of their sketches. It's from their Netflix special, and which is Everything's a Drum. And it genuinely made me laugh out loud. I thought it was hysterically funny i showed it to my wife and she hated it with a passion (laughs) like she hated it so much and i was like no no it's really funny but i haven't actually got around to watching the full special yet i hear they've got one about board games that i'd really like to watch but i've heard like i've heard good stuff about it no idea this is the first time i'm hearing of it uh, Jamie said, um, my question is, with all of these WWE releases and big main events such as Braun getting cut, could you see anyone on that level or even higher being next? Perhaps even Randy Orton. He did sign that contract recently after teasing that photo with the elite sign behind him. Maybe he signed up for the big bucks like Braun and maybe it's his time too. Now, in, uh, I mean, Jamie, you're kind of on the money there. Like Randy Orton did, and like it, it made, because, um, you know, the people at AEW, Tony Khan in particular said as much, Randy Orton was playing the two against each other to get himself a big, big money paycheck because Randy Orton's the smartest man in the world. I was going to say what you should do. Don't be like, I'm only going to lace up my boots for WWE. Exactly. He's the smartest man in the room right there. And he got a big, big pay cut. But I, I can't see Randy being one of the like cuts, even though he is on a massive money contract. Just because like Randy over the years has had so many things like like there's a like the Orton rule. So when they introduced the, the wellness policy, it was you had uh, one strike, you get 30 days, two strikes, you get 60 days. Uh, third time, you're fired, outright fired. And they had to introduce this in and that included weed. And Randy Orton was just like, no, I'm still going to do it. And so he did. So they, you know, he got his 30 day suspension, did it again, got his 60 day suspension, did it again. They were like, well, we can't fire Randy Orton. So 
I guess we're just not going to fire him then. And so like Randy has always just had these kind of like specialist like rules kind of hands to him. And he's not the only one either. And so I, I can't see Randy getting uh, getting the boot anytime soon. I think the way they're going to see it is if this guy goes to AEW, is it going to hurt us? Mm. Can this person actually make a big difference? Can they actually, you know, give AEW the upper hand? I think that is the that is at least the thought process that I would think that they have on re- in regards to when they let people go. I don't think they felt that way about Braun Strowman. Now, if you're going to let go Randy Orton and he shows up at AEW, how are you going to feel about that? I don't think I'd, if I'm them, I don't think I'd be a very big fan of that. Mm hmm. Uh, Alex says, um, now, before you give an answer, I really want you to think about this. Do you think it's out of the realm of possibility that one day Vince McMahon sells WWE to Tony Khan? It may (laughs) sound far fetched, but if you think about it, does it really? Who would have thought that Vince would be the one to buy WCW? Even though WWE is a long way off that, it's clearly having problems. And it seems to me like Vince just isn't that interested anymore. If it was to happen, how amazing would it be? No, and I'm going to answer that one really fast because there's. <laughs> I feel like he would have a lot of pride, and I'm sorry, but I'm not going to sell my company if I have that much pride and ego into <laughs> to somebody that you know Tony Khan is essentially you know my competition or you know I, I know some people will be like oh well he's not competition but whatever right you might see, like competition either way yeah, so yeah. no I I I no. Uh, Duncan J said, with the squash match being not as popular as it once was, what's your favorite squash match? I really like Brock Cena a lot, and the Brody Cody match was great too. Dang, I feel like there's been so many. I don't know if I've actually had a favorite. Do you have one of my favorite? Yeah, my favorite is Angle Roderick Strong on an episode of SmackDown where Angle just goes in and completely destroys. Right, it was like before Roddy was in even in TNA, I think, and he just goes in there and just murderizes this poor boy, and it is just like a proper like, oh wow, Kurt Angle's the best. Like he's he rules. <laughs> I'm always so bad at trying to remember like my favorite this and my favorite that. So I feel like I don't know. I don't have an answer. Do you know? And actually, we were just mentioning him then. I think Braun's. You know, when they brought Braun in, like, and they uh, when they first did the brand split. And they gave Braun his new entrance music and his new look, and they split him away from the Wyatt family. And they're like, Braun's just the big monster now. And he basically just had squash matches every week. Those squash matches were awesome. They were so, so good. And it like that was like part of the first building blocks that really got Braun over in like 2017, 2018. Do you remember what year was it? Or when was it when Vince, like, was it the greatest Royal Rumble or one of the Saudi Arabia shows where, like, Vince literally lifted up Braun Strowman's hand and everybody thought that it meant that he was going to be, like, the next face of the company? (laughs) Was like, what, like, two years ago? Was that when he won the greatest Royal Rumble? Yeah, yeah, that's when it was when he won the greatest Royal Rumble. And everybody, like, he raises up his hand and everyone's thinking, like, all right, there it is. He's going to be the next face of the company. And then, like, it just didn't go that way. Yeah. Boy, Uh, were we wrong. Uh, Yeah, I I think we can say that about a lot of things. uh, Yeah. Especially on this show. Uh, Callum said, what draft picks do you hope happens from Raw and SmackDown this year? I hope that Drew goes to SmackDown and Sasha goes to Raw. Do you think that NXT will be involved? So here's my thing. Well, I don't I don't know if NXT is going to be involved or not, but when it comes to Raw and SmackDown, I don't think they will. Honestly, and maybe they might have like a couple of I don't know. They might hopefully they make it a little bit fun and do something like that where they incorporate NXT in a certain way. But mm-hmm. honestly, for me, 
I have a feeling that it doesn't matter who gets switched over to Raw and who gets switched over to SmackDown. Thinking we're going to be seeing the exact same things that we're seeing now, just a different version of the exact same thing every week. I'm actually going to agree with um, Callum on this one. I'd like to see Sasha get a Raw, um, maybe just to get away from Bailey, because I feel like that's always something that's going to be there, and away from Bianca as well, so we can kind of like put a pin on that feud for the moment, and then we can bring it back later down the line. Drew going to SmackDown, I think, would be a really good refresh for him. Um, I'd like AJ to stay on Raw. I like the way I mean, you say right, Bianca. Well, Bianca. You're like <laughs> Bianca. <laughs> It was so funny the way you said Bianca. I didn't Bianca even just think now. about it until I just heard me say it after you went Bianca. You were like Bianca. Bianca, like yeah, yeah. You very, very like you pronounce every single syllable in that. Oh no, it is. Yeah, do you know, what? I mean, that is a very. I'm, I'm not from London, but it's a very Leon, like a London way of saying it. Bianca. Yes. Like, yes. Bianca <laughs> Belair. When you said it, I was like, oh, I've never heard Bianca sa- said that like, way. Bianca. Like, Bianca. Um, <laughs> someone's just put read it out phonetically damn where's that comment just gonna really made me laugh so yeah someone read it out phonetically of how i said yeah there it is bianca, bianca. yeah bianca no wait yeah, I just bianca. Say, it. say it again hold bianca. on bianca yeah it does sound like bianca that's <laughs> how it said bianca bianca belair bianca no Bian- bianca that's how a posh person would say so a posh person would say bianca bianca i just no, bianca. bianca belair <laughs> Bianca, like I do, I pronounce the like the on part. Bianca, <laughs> anyway, so Bianca I would like, there. I'd like to say Bianca stay up on uh, SmackDown. Bianca uh, <laughs> didn't yank, did not yank her from SmackDown. <laughs> oh, I live for these moments, Luke. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even moments. know I didn't even know that we said it differently until there you was, said until you said Bianca. So and there I was, was like something oh, on Quizlemania that Adam pronounced, and I don't remember what it was, but I remember thinking about it and being like, that's how he says it. But I don't remember what it was, but it was very interesting, and I did I forgot to call him out on it. Um how did you have fun on Quizlemania this week? Great line. Yeah, it was fun. It was definitely fun. And you got to see, and you got to tune in for a little bit of it. But I got to tune in for the music round, essentially. Oh God, I hate that round. <laughs> I'm gonna have to tell Adam t- that if I'm appear on this show, you got to take that round out. <laughs> <laughs> My timeline uh, has been nothing but little puddings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Everybody's God, been amazing. like talking about the little puddings, and I'm like, I sort of got. If I hear one more thing about these damn little puddings. <laughs> Amazing. That's really good. Um, Owen said, I'm seeing a lot of people comparing Raw to WCW 2000 levels of bad, and I feel that not enough people have compared it to the worst of TNA during the Russo-Jeff Jarrett era. Since you, Luke, are an expert during that era of wrestling, has the current Raw product surpassed the worst of TNA in terms of garbage television? Huh. Good question. I feel like... I feel like Ross really bad right now. <laughs> That's how I feel, honestly. It's been <laughs> it's been a struggle 
Yeah. You know, I mean, okay. week. Is it here? Yeah. Here is what I would say, but I would all, I'm going to caveat this by saying that I was a different person when, when uh, in, TNA was at its worst, I think in terms of like when Russo came back and he was making pretty rubbish TV and like all of a sudden Desmond Wolf, or, sorry, Desmond, uh, Nigel McGuinness was like being buried on TV. And like, you know, during the, the I, and I, you know, I, I think the, the Hogan Bischoff era is slightly worse than that as well. Um, at least I was watching the show. And I was I was tuning in every single week and I was trying to find those little bits. Tuesday mornings, man, I wake up. I said to my wife on Monday night this week, I don't want to get up in the morning. I don't want to watch that show. Like I, that's it's not how I want to spend my Tuesday morning. But I have to because that's my job. And I love everyone that watches our show. So I will watch it. But I do not want to watch this show. I never think I I never thought I had that with TNA. So this is totally off topic, but can you remind me to tell you something off air? I have a juicy piece of gossip you might like. Do you? Yeah. It just reminded oh, me of what wow. you were talking about right now. It just reminded me of it. Okay, so, I'm going to write it quickly in the private chat as a reminder to me. Denise. Sorry, I can't say it on the air. Gosh. But I have Denise a juicy piece sounds... of gossip that you might like <laughs> in regards to what we were just talking about. Denise Salcedo just like teasing everyone with the juicy gossip. I'm gonna have so many, you're gonna have so many people now asking you on Twitter for the juicy gossip. I can't give the juicy piece of gossip anyplace else. It's not gonna happen. Like my lips are sealed. I think oh. apart from apart from to me though. <laughs> um you can unlock your mouth, it's fine. Uh, I gave you the key. Oh, thank you. Sorry, I, I mean, threw I'll you, you the key. <laughs> That was the point. I was like, okay, I'm going to close. My- I'm Randy Orton in this scenario. Yes, I'm giving, yes, I'm giving you the key. Actually, I mean, people did tell me because now Randy Orton's got the goatee and the shaved head. People, like, really I woke up. How- yeah, he's got a goatee it. now. Wow, I've never he's, got, he's only had it. He's only had it for two weeks, and I know he's only had it for two weeks because I, I, it was on the week that I didn't watch it. So I just woke up to loads of people tweeting me, going like, "When did you join the Raw? It was like cast and everything." Because oh god, have goatees. Oh god. <laughs> Uh, good Dharma. First of all, good Dharma. I want to thank you so much. For the you wrote message. Denise has juicy goss. Yeah, juicy goss. Gossip. You wrote Denise yeah, has juicy goss. Juicy goss. Yeah, goss is short for gossip. In the UK, that's what it's called. You've got the goss. What? Yeah, the juicy goss. I've never goss. heard that. I was like, oh, spelling error. No, no, no. That's I like know. that's what it is. It's no, it's goss. Like we we have like like gossip magazines essentially, like take a break and all this sort of stuff. They're designed for like soap operas. So it's just like, you know, like you know, here's the latest goss on Coronation Street. Here's the latest oh, Eastenders goss. I yeah. learned something new. I thought you were just being lazy and didn't want to spell out the whole word. I was like, Denise, no. that's juicy goss. Yeah, no, you got <laughs> no, I wasn't I wasn't objectifying you in any way. It's like Denise has got a juicy goss. <laughs> No, I thought you were just like not wanting to spell out the whole word. I was like, oh, okay. He was in a rush. He didn't have time. I get it. I get it. <laughs> anyway, good Dharma. Thank you very much for your lovely message you had at the start of your question. Um, but your actual question comes down to uh, if Razzle Talk was a family, Ollie would be the father, Luke would be the mother. Who would the other family members be? <laughs> Wait, why aren't you the mother? I guess because I came, I was the second here, and like me and Ollie have essentially birthed out everyone else. Like, Why can't so, you be the second daddy? I could be the second dad, you know what? And like we're we're daddy. Uh, and like they're all of our adoptive children. Like I think Pete's my adoptive son in a way. Like we brought him in, we gave him his job. Pete, uh, Andy's another one. We brought Andy in. Laurie less so because like Laurie essentially came in because 
uh, we needed a replacement for me because I was going on holiday for a couple of weeks. Um, and like, we're really like, we were massively good. Like he, he went to university with my wife and everything. So I've known him for years. Um, wow. But like, I like actually the, what good Dharma suggested was that Laurie was like the crazy uncle, which I quite like sort of in that scenario. So yeah, so I think that like uh, Pete and Andy are our adoptive children. And I think Tempest falls into that as well. And like, I mean, do you want to be the aunt on this? Do you want to be the crazy aunt? No, I want to be like the cool exotic aunt who's like never seen, only makes a couple of cameos. And every time she comes in, she's got like this, like, she's got like this new man on her side from like different parts of the world. And she's the one that like, you know, lets Louis Jane Gore get a piercing, you know, something like that. <laughs> she's the cool aunt that everybody gives all her secrets to. And I, I, as a bit of a correction as well, uh, moderator, mod mother has actually said, I think you'll find I'm actually the mother. There you go. Right. Exactly. I was going to say, I don't know how I feel about Luke being mommy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies for that, mod mother. Um, <laughs> Daniel says, um, when are we going to get Denise merchandise? She said on the Raw Review Monday, she's a hot potato. That's a great shirt. She deserves it. This is my favorite podcast. And I live and breathe by that. I stand by that. <laughs> I have no merch and oh, actually wait, yeah, I do. No, you got it on pro wrestling no, tees, right? No, like, but I don't have any merch like on Fightful or Wrestle Talk. Is what I was trying to get. Well, at. No, and that's what I was going to say. Is like we can't have you, we can't have your hot potato stuff on our shop. And I said that on Fightful. Gimmick. That's what no, I mean. So we can't so have it on our shop. That's fight. a fight. You guys are going like, to fight for that. That that's a fightful gimmick. But like, you do have merchandise on a pro wrestling tees. Yeah, prowrestlingtees.com slash Denise Salcedo is my merchandise page, which I need I to know. promote that more. I really don't promote that enough. Yeah, and then he bought some. Um, that was going to be one of my uh, one of your potential birthday presents. I was going to buy you merchandise and wear it on a stream, but I was it was never going to arrive in time because if I order something from like pro wrestling tees, I get it three months later. Do you really get it three months oh, later? It takes forever. Yeah. That's and it costs a fortune to ship it here as well. Like the, idea, I, the idea is like if me and Ollie, I remember when we first like when it was just the two of us, we had a conversation. It was like we should get more wrestling merch that we can wear on streams and stuff, particularly like to help out indie wrestlers. And Ollie was like, Yeah, but we need to like batch order it from Pro Wrestling Tees because it costs an arm and a leg to get it shipped here. And then we end up spending like 120 bucks on t shirts just so we can get short, like a smaller amount of um, shipping. And we were like, Are we really saving any money by doing it this way? God, yeah, no, that sucks. That really does suck. I don't even like paying like whatever money I pay for shipping on that. Um, people were suggesting in the comments that you would be the cool aunt. Um, but then someone just pointed out here, you can't be a cool aunt. A cool aunt would know that Mario is with Nintendo. All right. I mean, like a cool exotic aunt who's like out on the beach, somebody like picture like Sofia Vergara. Like, that's what I want to be. I've been something watching Modern Family. So that's I, my new I thing now. Yeah. <laughs> it's my new I, um, thing now. <laughs> I, uh, I, in fact, you, you, say, you would say aunt. I would say aunt. No, I do say aunt, but, like, okay. I, but I forget that aunt is the proper way. So when I remember, I say aunt, but aunt. normal conversations, I say aunt, but it's aunt. aunt. Uh, Chris said, it's been seven years since Rick Mail passed away. I want us to know if you've ever heard or played Hogs of War on the PlayStation. It's a turn-based strategy game where Rick does the voices along with some other funny comedians. Um, have you got any vintage games that you played and no one seems to remember? I loved Hogs of War. Do you know who loves Hogs of War? Andy Datsun loves Hogs of War. When we started doing Screen Stalker, our video game channel, which 
unfortunately fell apart quite early doors. That's what Andy wanted to talk about. And he was like, can I play Hogs of War? We were like, I mean, probably not, mate, but he was desperate to play it. Um, yeah, is there any video games that um, you uh, that are vague that no one seems to remember? I can tell you every video game that I've ever played in my entire lifetime. Are you ready mm -hmm. for it? I played, I'm ready. I can't tell you the names of it, like the exact like names of it though, but I played Resident Evil when I was a kid. Okay. I like that one. I played Manhunt. That one was cool. I played yeah. uh, Grand Theft Auto, multiple Grand Theft Autos. Wow, you do like the violent games, it would seem. Yeah. I played Final Fantasy. I played one Sonic game when I was a kid. Uh, let's, let's quickly specify which Final Fantasy did you play? I don't know, the one where they had really pretty skirts, that one. <laughs> well, I don't narrows it down that much. <laughs> Whichever one on the cover, they had like really pretty skirts and it was like blue. You gotta oh, understand. Final Fantasy X two. It was on PlayStation. Uh, like one second, years ago, I was yeah, still yeah, in I'm high not... school. Okay, one second. I think I might be able to tell you which one. Maybe. Oh, I don't know if I'm gonna remember. Maybe See, like my cousin who lived with us and my uncle were like massive video game fans, and every now and then I was bored and would chime in and play a game here or two. So that's yeah. why, like, I remember these. Or you know which other one I used to play too? Like, um, you know those games that come with like a bunch of games in one? Oh yeah, yeah, like a six yeah. in one type thing. Yeah. yeah, okay, I played those too. Those are pretty fun. But then I would get bored. Um, I played like the the basketball one. That one was pretty fun. Nice and generic. I like it. There's about twenty million basketball mm -hmm. games. Yeah, one of the basketball games, like long time ago. <laughs> I played, a, I played a couple of wrestling ones. I played Raw versus SmackDown. It was either two thousand or two thousand two. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I everyone, everyone seems to agree with me that we think it's X two that you played. That sounds about right. Uh, the Final Fantasy games. Um, that I think that's okay. But anyway, so my answer for this, uh, it's a game on the Mega Drive or the Genesis for you American viewers uh, called. And like, if anyone who watches listens to my other podcast will know what I'm about to say. It's a game called Skitchin. It's this rad game, right? Where it was basically Road Rash, but on rollerblades. So you were doing races. You were like rollerblading down highways and stuff. You could like hitch onto the back of cars to like help you like progress further uh, on the race and stuff. And the cars would then try and like swerve and like knock you off. And you'd pick up weapons. So you could like hit other races and stuff. And you could hitch onto the back of cop cars, but you don't want to do it for too long because you can get arrested for doing it. And it was rad. It had a banging soundtrack as well. Like that game is absolutely awesome you know what i just realized while you were off playing cool games you know what i was doing what were you doing i was on barbie.com yeah That's i mean right. I, I will i mean i will say this is like 1993 so oh um... no i was one never mind i wasn't playing <laughs> anything yet <laughs> i was I, there. I was playing with my fingers and probably sucking yeah. on my toes I am an old man. Uh, Simon said, uh, Luke, when you've been to Canada in the US, you ever get tripped up by the traffic being on the opposite side of the road? Same thing for Denise. Have you gotten turned around by left-hand driving traffic? I asked because that really screwed me while I was working abroad in certain countries. I've never driven abroad, so um, it's never tripped me up, really. But like, I will, when, when I... you came here, though, and... Did you guys take a lift or walk or well, so, what? Yes, yeah, so we did. We had a we, we had a taxi um, take us from it was when we went to New York. So we had a taxi pick us up from I think JFK to then drive us to Hell's Kitchen, and instantly because I was a passenger, I walked around to what I would assume to be the passenger side of the car, and the guy went the same way as me, and he kind of looked at me and was like, "Where are you going?" 
And I was like, oh, yeah, you're on the other side, aren't you? So then I had to walk back around the car sheepishly and get in the passenger side. Did you feel like the cars were going to hit you? Did I ever feel like the cars were going to hit me? I don't remember feeling that. I did. When I went to London and I first got, because I had a driver pick me up from the airport and I got in the car, uh, I didn't get into the wrong side. Actually, I got behind what was supposed to be like, where I, I thought I was going to sit directly behind him, like on while he's driving. But then I realized that he was sitting on the other side. What I didn't like about it was I felt completely unprotected, like in the car, uh, sitting behind where the driver is supposed to be and wasn't. I felt like it was just this open space where like any car coming could just be like, boom, and there. And then there was certain moments on the roads. And I don't know, maybe the roads were just too small or what, but I felt like we were going to hit the wall. I, I just didn't feel like he had a good hold of the car. Like I felt like the car could have just gone any direction. Like he didn't have a good, good grip on it. That's how I felt. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it. I'm not a fan of this whole driving on the opposite side of the road thing. Um, speaking of, uh, so, I mean, we've got one more uh, mailbag that I do want to get to, but I'm just going to tell you this very quick story. When me and my wife went on holiday a few years back, we got a taxi. We had a very early flight. Our flight was at like five, 6 a.m., I think it was. So we had to leave ours at like uh, half three, four-ish. And we got an Uber to take us from our house to the airport. The guy had clearly been working all night. Either that or he'd just woken up because we'd pre-booked him. And I, at one point, I felt him swerve. <gasps> because I could I could feel him like just like just just slowly drifting like into another lane and I just had to make a concerted effort to just start talking to him and just like keep that dude awake and it was the I we never got an Uber again to an airport we were like no we are pre-booking we're doing this through Addison Lee like a very like which a much more it's like an upscale Uber basically but like we were terrified man oh my god what a oh my god I don't, that's <laughs> yeah. terrifying that is terrifying because it's like what do you do and like what if you're half asleep yourself like i've been in those like early morning uber things where i'm not even paying attention i'm just like oh i you know and you don't even know your driver's like you know half asleep oh yeah and finally liam says first of all thank you so much luke for the awesome cameo video you did for my wife she loved it at our virtual baby shower it was a huge success oh that's so cute it was so adorable. I love doing that. Um, question for Denise. I asked this question on a WrestleTalk After Dark episode ages ago. I was really surprised by Laurie's response. Denise, have you ever seen any Broadway musicals? Theater oh, yeah. is my passion. And I've had the pleasure of attending a show at the uh, Pentagas Theater in LA. Pantages. Pantages, do apologize. <laughs> what did you say? Pentagas? Pentagas. <laughs> it's Pantages. Well, there you go, uh, Pentagious. Learn something new every day. Yeah, no, I'm actually a big theater. Well, not like a big theater fan, but like a pretty decent size theater fan because I used to study theater. That's what I was originally going to do. I was going to do like a Broadway. That was my original goal in life. Then I realized that I can't sing for shit. So sorry. Oh, <laughs> sorry. 107.38, you can cut there. Yeah, thank you very much. Right. I've given myself a big edit point. So I thought that I was going to do Broadway. Then I realized I could not sing very well. So I decided not to do Broadway. But anyway, so, but I love musicals. Like I go to them like whenever I can. I saw Phantom of the Opera, saw Chicago. Unfortunately, I fell asleep in London to Wicked because I was very, very jet lagged. So I missed the entire Wicked. Uh, and then I go to like a couple of like at the Pasadena Playhouse where they have like smaller scale type stage performances. I saw of Mice and Men there. It was really cool. Um, yeah, I love theater and plays. Like I will go watch anything. Like I don't care what it is. Like if you tell me like, Denise, let's go to a play. I will go and watch it. 
pretty sure Pentagast was in the Mean Street Posse. Um, <laughs> also, Sean is here. Sean has said, um, I think you'll find it's actually now Penta L0M venue. It's very, very good. Uh, <laughs> Pentagast. I'm never going to look at that the same again. Now, okay, hold on. Pronounce this word. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to spell it out for you in the chat. Okay. In the chat. Okay. Cool. What is that? Palladium. Say? Palladium. Ah, oh, damn. You did get that one. Palladium. <laughs> Palladium. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to get the Palladium or Palladium. No, no, Palladium. We have Palladiums here. Oh, man. I thought I was being clever. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, sorry. Right, good. Uh, 10903. No no, 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 that one's fine. I don't mind okay. that one. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's not a big square here in the UK. Damn it. Yeah, not really. The S-H-I-T is. Yeah, yeah, that one is. Yeah, that's considered a bad one. But yeah, damn it's fine. Um, Actually, people used to get real mad at me and Ollie because we would say, God damn it, on streams. And like, it's just because it's not a big deal here. Like, it's never been a big deal in my household. So like, I've always, even though my parents are actually like fairly religious, I've never, I've, it's never really been that big of an issue. Um, so yeah, so I've compensated on stream and then get told off a lot. Let's have your final ultra chats for the day. Ding, 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 get them in. The link is in the video description down below. Some stupid punk said, I don't know what you're talking about. I think Triple H is right. It's our fault for caring about the product. <laughs> Us and our stupid friend, Mark. Clearly, we should all just stop being invested in WWE and its characters. Like Triple H said, it is our own fault after all. Pointless AF. WWE fire a bunch of wrestlers three times in a pandemic twice this year, and they blame us for not liking the product. Uh, it genuinely makes me wonder what kind of ludicrous business practices they're going to go for next. Jay Gabriel says, hey, Luke, uh, I have, uh, I just have to say about Triple H sounding like a tool. A handful of fans will always have criticisms uh, to say about a product. However, if the product has been terrible like Raw, it's justified. Your email chief, head of emails, Juan. Um, Stephen said, Triple H comments are representative. Juan. Why do you say it like that? Juan. Juan. Because Juan, Juan. Juan's a wonderful person. He's been, <laughs> he's been a long time viewer. Um, Stephen Guzman, Triple H's comments are representative of the issue wrestling general ha um, has exciting has of the issue wrestling has with expecting compliance from its fan base. It's natural for any fans of any form of fictional storytelling to wonder where it's going to go. I, I mean, absolutely, it's what we were saying at the top of this show. Uh, NXT doesn't suffer from this. I sort of believe that their fans don't um, want to invest in NXT because of what will happen to talent when they go to the main roster, just like how we do feel with any character on any show. But yeah, like, I mean, yeah, just to kind of reiterate what we were saying earlier, like it's, man, I mean, I'm in, yeah. It, it, it seems so silly to be like, just why Why do you want to know where it's going to go next? Like, Because that's what everyone does. With okay, every so we're both fans of The Handmaid's Tale. What's the number one question you ask yourself? Is Dude, she going, going to survive? Yeah, is she yeah, going to survive, going right? Next? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, where is absolutely. it going next? What's it going next? All right. So it's like, no matter what, you're always going to have that in every single show. And it's like, if not, you're just not going to be like interested in what's going on. So, yeah, I mean, we talked about this a lot at the top of the stream, but it just it seems that everybody here knows that that's what is expected of just people who are fans of whatever. Uh, New Punk Rant said the Alexa Bliss Shayna stuff is easily worse than any Vince Russo angle I've ever seen. At least Arquette was mildly interesting. Could it be argued that WWE has a, a Russo philosophy? Um, there are a lot of similarities. Is the Shayna Bliss stuff worse than anything that Vince Russo booked? How do you huh. feel about that? Because you know I my think, feelings I, on Vince I Russo. I know how you feel, but I think, I think Russo is worse than the angle that we had this past week. 
See, I, and you know what? I'm starting to feel like you didn't hate this angle as much I as did. a lot of people might have predicted that you would. Then you thought it was just it was just another crap angle and a crap storyline. Like I don't know what we were all ex- it was just yep, it was bad, I guess. I think you need to go back and rewatch it and get re okay. upset about it. You need to be here more angry. What, <laughs> here is what I would say, and I am gonna say that this is worse than a Vince Russo angle. Um, and uh, here's my reason why. At least it's consistent with the Alexa Bliss character. Like that's what Alexa Bliss has been doing. It's what Lily has been doing. She is a puppet that is seemingly alive. We've literally seen its mouth try and bite the camera. So the puppet is alive in some capacity. So at least it's like, it's a spooky world and she saw it in a mirror. That's a spooky thing to happen. So that kind of makes sense. Compare that too. And this one really like, it happened so, so long ago. And I don't know why it still annoys me. Um, Is, uh, sorry, my wife has just texted me saying, what is this t-shirt? What t-shirt could that possibly be? (laughs) what is happening in your household luke i don't know it's a t-shirt oh it's a, something she got from anyway sorry that is actually i thought it was no, a t-shirt, it's a that t-shirt. what's the t-shirt it's a t-shirt that she that she found on a weekday official and it says bitcoin this bitcoin that all i want to do is listen to jazz <laughs> what wait does she want like, that shirt no she's just like what is this t-shirt what does that t-shirt mean I don't know. Do you know what the t-shirt means? I'm in a Scooby-Doo. I don't know either. I'm a blues clue. Um, but anyway, so the, the Russo angle that really annoys me, and it has annoyed me for so many years, it was during the Joe um, Kurt storyline, right? So like um, Joe beat Kurt Angle in the rematch, and then Kurt Angle wanted another match. And all of a sudden, apropos of nothing, on an episode of Impact, Samoa Joe shows up with his girlfriend, like linked to his arm, and like whoever it is, Jeremy Borash or whatever runs up and it's just like, hey, Joe, you know, who's this? And it's like, oh, this is my girlfriend. And then we see a couple of backstage segments with the girlfriend. And then at the very end of the show, Kurt Angle drags this girlfriend out onto the stage and puts her in the ankle lock to beg for, give me another match, Joe, give me another match. And Joe's like, oh, no, not my girlfriend. Absolutely. No, no, please don't hurt her. Don't, oh, no, no, please. I'll give you the match. Let her, like, just like, let her go. And then he did. And then we never saw that woman again. That's terrible storytelling. Well, maybe he was like, okay, well, I'm not going to bring her anymore because the last time that I brought her... Um, was never she- mentioned in commentary. Like, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like that just doesn't feel as bad as this Lily thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, just not. No, I don't even think we're on the same levels here. Uh, and a lot of people think that I'm actually behind this angle because I really want them to win the tag team. Yeah, you are. So- you were the you were the one that said they're going to be tag team champions. I didn't think about it until you said it. And then um, what else? What else? What else? Yeah, you you're not angry about this. And then here's the thing: is that you talk about this falls in line with Alexis' character and all of that, but does it fall in line with Shayna's character? Yeah, she didn't believe the puppet was real. And then it turns out the puppet was real. So she ran away from it. You are writing this. That's it. (laughs) Don't lie to us. You got a job at WWE Creative and this is your breakout story. This is it. This is your introduction to getting on Vince's good side. Uh, Pointless AF said, um, why are top WWE guys prone to talking trash like Triple H did? Remember Drew uh, outright lying that he doesn't slap his leg for the Claymore and telling a half-truth about WWE wrestlers not being given specific lines only applies to their top stars. I mean, it's really just like, you know, top stars protecting the business, really, and protecting their own company. Like, it's very hard to come out and be like, oh, by the way, yeah, no, you're right. This company is trash. Hey, I yeah, don't know you why you'd watch it that. either. 
Declan Malloy said, hey guys, who do you think will be a team? Who do you think will be the team to beat the Young Bucks? Jurassic Express is my choice, but it's all out too soon. I always wanted the Bucks to stay face and get laid out by AOP. Excuse me, I'll get laid out by AOP. Ooh, AOP. Now there's been a conversation there. Hasn't it just? Um, so yeah, who do you think will be the team to beat the Young Bucks? I like the idea of it being Jurassic Express, but I don't necessarily know. Like again, it might be too soon, but I would like it for them to be it to be them down the line. Yeah, it's always I'm, I've always got the same two answers for this: Lucha Bros, LAX. Uh, CM Chris said, "Hey Luke and Denise, how are you both? Uh, Luke, do you like E3 at all? As a gamer nerd since the early '90s, I love E3. Also, Impact Wrestling against all odds is tomorrow, and I cannot wait. It's a busy weekend for me with the Euro starting as well. Yeah, we've got NXT on the Sunday. Yeah, with the Euro starting. Are you uh, are you excited for the Euros at all, Denise? That's soccer. It is indeed. Yes. No." <laughs> <laughs> person that like only watches the world cup and i only watch until mexico gets eliminated and then i no longer care like i i don't care like i'm a very casual stock i only get really invested during the world cup because i really like to cheer for mexico and then after that i just don't give a damn i'm the exact same way like i don't care about league football don't really care like i think it is an awful awful business and it's just full of just it's basically just billionaires making money for other billionaires um pretending that they care about fans being there and actually they don't matter a jot but they pretend but fans still think that they do um it's the next but, world cup though well i mean probably next year because we've got the euro championships uh, oh. uh actually starting this weekend however so i don't care about league football that much but as soon as the european cup comes around or the world cup comes around i find myself getting sucked back in like i was saying to my <laughs> wife i was like i'm kind of excited for the euros to come around i'm gonna watch a couple of the games you know maybe i'll just watch it a bit here and there and then i was watching the news this morning and alan shearer like one of the greatest england strikers of all time was on bbc breakfast talking about the euros talking about euro 96 the greatest summer of my life and i was like i'm so in i'm so excited it's it's football's coming home it's coming home what kate and i was like yeah england england <laughs> put on fat les we're gonna listen to vindaloo it's bloody brilliant football's coming home where's my lightning ccd get some bedelian skinner on <laughs> so in for it get me world in motion Oh, I need to see you like full mode, like cheering for England and all of this. I need to see this. You need to do like the face paint, the like the wig, the jersey, whatever else. Me and Ollie got tickets to go and watch the England um, semi, the semi-final, I think, from the World Cup a couple of years ago. We got to go watch it at Hyde Park, and it was on this beautiful, glorious summer's day. And the Lightning Seeds played three lines at the start of the show, and it was so good. It was like the best. Even though we got knocked out, me and Ollie were like just like riding our high and being like, "This is amazing. This is so great." So I'm, I'm actually quite excited for the Euros. Um, when do they start? Anyway, this weekend? This weekend. Start today, in fact. Oh, okay. I'll try to keep an eye out for your team. Thanks, bud. <laughs> um, it said, can I name three players? I cannot. Connor Fletcher <laughs> said to me... <laughs> Marcus Rashford, that's about the only name I could play. I think Harry Kane's one. I'll learn as I go. Connor Fletcher. No, like my thing is like when I watch like and my fiance hates, like he hates it. Like he finds it hilarious. But like I'll be like, oh, like who's number this? Like number this is ugly. Number that is cute. Number this is ugly. Like, oh, I'm cheering for this team because they have the hotter players. He gets so pissed. He's like, oh, I hate your commentary. 
Uh, Connor says, Denise, how can you turn on Sully? He's such a lovely guy. Did you turn on Sullivan? I didn't turn on him. I just said that I was tired of him being a fan favorite. I just hate <laughs> how lovely he is. I can't handle it. It's too that much. It's too much. He's too he lovely. Tom says, hi, Luke and Denise. Hope you're both well. Who would be your pick to win money in the bank? Um, uh, Luke, Grado is still the WrestleMania general manager. And will you ever see Keith Apicary again? Maybe on Quizzlemania. Oh, I'd love to get Keith on Quizzlemania. He's a busy boy at the moment. I'd love to get Keith on Quizzlemania. Um, and I think Grado is still our general manager, but I haven't checked in on our contracts um, uh, most recently. Um, did you see Keith Apicary on, on Britain's Got Talent? Uh, sorry, America's Got Talents? No, I haven't watched AGT in a very long time. All right, so he's a guy, he's a wrestling fan as well, and he's a dancer, and he's like a very fluid dancer. And we had him on, like, because we were big fans of his work because he does some really funny stuff online. So we were chatting back and forth. We were like, oh, man, we could do some work together. And we had him do, like, a video for us. Like, at the end of the news, he did, like, uh, I think he did Ronda Rousey's promo through the medium of interpretive dance. And it was one of the most disliked videos we've ever had in our life. What? And people did not like Keith Apicary. And we literally had to be like, dang, man, it didn't work out. Like, sorry, Keith. And he was like, yeah, I guess just, it, some things just don't work out. And that we were like, so I, sad. I know, but it, keep, it comes up every now and again. People are like, whatever happened to Keith Apicary? And he's like, you're he's like, still you didn't stuff. like him. I was like, and he's now on America's Got Talent. It's got like 3 million views on the video and stuff. And people are going absolutely nuts for him because he's awesome. Oh, wow. Maybe yeah. now you can bring them back. Maybe the people will react differently. Uh, but to answer your question, Tom, who have I got for money in the bank? I honestly have no idea. Like Probably someone from SmackDown, I guess. Um, Big E. I'm going to say Big E. I'll go with Damien Priest. James Hanley said, Luke, you mentioned something about wanting to do a retro game show. Uh, what kind of retro games would you play? Have you got any particular favorites? Uh, yes, I uh, definitely would play Mega Drive games mostly because that's my console of choice. Probably some Streets of Rage. Actually, you know what? I would probably uh, Sonic Spinball because I've never finished it and I would really like to finish that at some point. I have no also, idea. Also, it's a super frustrating game, so it'd be very entertaining to watch me struggle with it. Um, Yoen... So yeah, I have no idea about this, by the way. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel like every video game question is just like, no answer. Sorry. I should start uh, Yoan, video games, really, just to have an opinion. Uh, Yoan Keating said, uh, it's my favorite Wrestle Talk duo, Team Danuk. Question, Luke, have you listened to Oliver Rodrigo's debut album yet? And Denise, Olivia, not Oliver. Sorry, did I say Oliver? You Sorry, said I see that. Oliver. I was like, Sorry, who's Oliver see... Rodrigo? Sorry, I see OLI and instantly my mind goes back to my boss. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo, do apologize. And no, I have not. Uh, Denise, if you had to pick what's your favorite song from the album, I'm tied between Traitor and Deja Vu, Happy Pride. Uh, mine's is Brutal and Good For You. Cool. Um, maybe I will listen <laughs> Now to you know album. how it feels, Luke. <laughs> now you know how it feels when you're like, I have absolutely nothing to add to this conversation. <laughs> it sucks, doesn't it? No, no, it does indeed. It does indeed. Uh, Projection says, hey, Denise, what's the one thing you would try and get Luke into? Um, what would, okay, what is the one thing you would try to get into that Luke is interested in? And what's the one thing you could see WWE doing that will make you officially give up on Raw? Don't wish for it to happen, though. Well, I'm not giving up on Raw because it's my job. Secondly, what are you into? Like, you like board games? You like video games? You like choir singing? What? Choir, I like choir singing. Or what's that? Yeah, you told me you like choir singing. Remember that one time like you told choir me? Sing. You told me that you sing like those songs. 
I sing, I sing songs, but I'm not a choir singer. You told me you were. You were like, I saw. You told me that that it was part of your Christmas like routine where you would sing. Oh, like, doing Christmas carols? Christmas carols, yeah. Oh, I like okay. Christmas carols, yeah. Okay, fine. You like Christmas carols, you like board games, you like video games. What else do you like? Um, what else do I like? Ghostbusters. Cartoons, okay. I mean, Ghostbusters is a live action movie, but yeah, also cartoons. Um, Friday the 13th, I've got a bunch of Friday the 13th figures behind me. Um, Star Wars, Kevin Smith movies, John Carpenter movies. I'm mad into These John are my Carpenter only movies. options. <laughs> um, the Twilight Zone. Uh, you said you didn't oh, like I'm already a fan of that, so you're good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, John Carpenter movies are, are great. TMNT? No? Happen. I'm trying to think. All right, out of all of those see, options... You want to see my purchases I got this week? Yeah, let me see. I, I went on yeah. eBay and I got uh, Ghostbusters on the Commodore 64. I got two copies of it because they do are, it. Because they're two different releases. Well, you like Marvel. I'd rather get into that. Well, actually, yeah. no, that gives me a headache too. So no. Um, God, maybe Friday the 13th. That sounds like the best option. Yeah. Yeah, again, the Friday the 13th. I mean, I've got a very cute... But I can't get obsessed with it, though. Like, I could probably watch the movies, but I don't... Yeah, I'm not putting that up in my Jason house. Look at this cute little Jason. He looks so scary. Do you have scary. double the same Raven action yeah. figure? Yeah, no, this one. Yeah, that's oh, wait, that was actually Jason. pretty funny. That one's pretty that's cool. Is that Jason Chucky? Vegas. No, it's Jason. No, but he looks like Chucky without oh. the mask. Oh, I thought it was Jason. like a crossover of, like, Jason and Chucky. No, I don't have. It's not the same Raven figure. It's one of. Uh, it was his TNA one and his WWF one. Oh, okay. I was gonna say they look the same from here. All right, and lastly, uh, Perseus said, um, "I would like to know what you think of naming spaceships on wrestling moves for a sci-fi novel I'm writing. I'm considering Shadow Machine, the One-Winged Angel, the Brutalizer for three of the warships. What do you think? Do you have any suggestions? Well, Starship Pain surely should be one of them." Um, that's um, what else is a good wrestling move name for a warship? That's a great question. A warship, yeah, like if you're watching, like you know, like a Star Destroyer in Star Wars or something. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I've never <I'm>, ceased. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Denise. I'm gonna spell. Okay, it's very easy for you. Name me a wrestling move. All right. Um. Uh. No, I'm trying to think of one that would sound sci-fi-ish. No, just just pick a just pick a wrestling move. Okay, That's any wrestling move. It. Okay, I'll yep. give you um the code breaker. There you go, code breaker. There you are. That's uh, that, those are our two options. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, so as an update of my parents being here last week, we did not win our game of Don't Get Got. My Who parents, won? My parents did. Like they got all six of their tasks within basically twenty four hours. How? What were they? What were their tasks? So they had. I mean, in fairness, some of them very much lent, like fell right into their laps because my dad's colorblind, and he um it's the first time he's been to our house. And he sat down and he was just looking at like the bench that we've got around our dining table, and he was like, "Oh, it's a really interesting like red color." 
And my brother was like, no, that's brown because he was just correcting him because my dad's colorblind. And then my dad was like, hey, that's a point for us because one of the questions was, like one of their tasks was get someone to correct you on a color. And I'm like, guys, come, like, up. come on. Like that's, that's right in my dad's wheelhouse. And like my mum's five foot nothing. So she's a tiny, tiny lady. And she um she asked me for a cup of tea and she was like, oh, can you ask me, can I have that cup there? Because we had these fancy cups. So I reached up and I grabbed the cup down off the table. What's in there? One of the tasks. The task was get someone to reach this task down from a height you can't reach. I'm like, mum, every height is a height you can't reach. You're five foot nothing. Oh All my God. All of their God. tasks fell into their laps. Wow. The test didn't sound too hard. So... <laughs> So I feel like they had an advantage, an unfair advantage. <laughs> I think they did as well, but it was very, very fun. Like my mom absolutely loved it. She was so excited when she found out we were playing the game when uh -huh. she arrived. She was so stoked for it. That is so um, cute. Wait, so wait, do your mom and dad win together or do they win individually? No, they won together. So we were doing it as couples. So oh, I see. Okay, like, okay. Yeah. Everyone had like, so the, the, my brother and his girlfriend had their own set of rules. And then my parents had their own set of rules. And me and my wife had our own set of rules. Who did um, the worst? Actually, us, me, me and my wife did real bad. Like, we, did, we Well, yeah, because we got three and we failed one of them because they worked out we were trying to do one. And then we missed two. Um, we Which just, one did we, you fail at? We failed at get someone to show you how the Heimlich maneuver works. Oh, because it's too it. obvious. Yeah, that was real tough to try and get into, like, naturally into conversation was very tough to get that one done. Um, man, what was the other one we couldn't get? It was another one. I can't remember what it was. We did fail at trying to get someone to go to a website like that, like a specific website. Yeah, my mum worked out that we were trying to get that we were playing the game. And she was like, are we playing the game here? And I was like, damn it. Yeah, we are. Damn, that sucks. See, I think you guys got some hard ones. <laughs> I think we did have some hard ones. Either we did like get around because you know one of ours was get someone to break something, and like we were like we've just moved to a new house. I don't want them to break anything. We've got brand new stuff. I um I made a curry feast for um the our main deal on on a Saturday. So we had like I had this um meatball korma that I'd made um with tofu and mushrooms, and we had some swede. I had some curried swede I'd done as well, and like some pakoras and samosas. But we also had like a, a, a some poppadoms. Uh, in the center of the table and i just asked my brother i was like ben can you just give that a quick karate chop and break those in half and he just leant up and he went chop and he broke it and i was like that's a point for us you broke the papa doms oh my god and that one sounds like it'd actually be the hardest to do i feel like the website one sounds easy but getting someone yeah. to break something sounds very hard exactly but it sounded so natural and i managed to get away with that one Oh, so testing your acting skills. Good job. It Good is, job. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Uh, how, uh, what do you got planned for this weekend? Um, pretty much work. I have the Impact Against All Odds show on Saturday, NXT TakeOver on Sunday, and that's literally my entire weekend. That's it. Man. Dude, hardest working person. So, well, and uh, at least I get to sleep in, which is nice, which is really nice. Yeah. I need it. I really need it. Oh, yeah. You tired? Yeah, I feel not. I feel like just every day I've been waking up early and I miss like having a day where like I just have freedom where like I don't have to turn my alarm on. I could wake up whenever, you know, if I wake up early, that's fine. But I want to wake up on a natural clock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we're going to get up fairly early tomorrow because we're going to get down to Hastings. We're going to get down to the coast tomorrow and go spend the day on the beach. Oh, I'm so jealous. Take me with you. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go to the beach. 
super excited about it it's gonna be rad yeah we're gonna oh that's awesome and then we're going to my friend's uh little girl's first birthday oh that sounds like a fun day okay yeah i'm totally jealous yeah it's gonna be a real nice weekend i'm really excited about it actually and I'm just going to be jealous of you. I'll be like, yes, Owen <laughs> is having a fabulous weekend. And I'm just sitting here in front of a computer. <laughs> because we made the decision. I like, mean, all the early doors were like, I ain't working weekends, bro. Like, I ain't, I ain't doing it. If there's a pay-per-view on a Saturday, we're reviewing it on a Monday. Wait, so, but you guys do Sunday watch-alongs, don't you? For we the do Sunday some, pay-per-view? Yeah, I, I know. And that, that came in like, we only started doing that. Um, 2019, we only started doing like live watch-alongs and stuff. And that's because we finally moved into a studio that had really good internet. So that was, so we haven't always done them. And even then we were only going to do them for like the big five pay-per-views. And it was only because we enjoyed doing them so much that we started to do uh, more of them. But yeah, like oh, oh, so much now it is just, those are the only Sundays that I'll do is there's a pay-per-view on. Even then, like I just start working until 11 PM. Oh, okay. Okay. So I still have the, I still have the whole bad. Sunday. Yeah, the yeah whole not bad. Yeah. Just a little bit sleepy. Um, anyway, right. Well, we need to get out of here because you've got a busy day ahead of yourself. As always, hardest working person. Um, so hope everyone has a nice weekend. We'll be back tomorrow. Pete and Tempers will be doing the SmackDown review. And on Monday, they're also going to be doing their review of NXT TakeOver in your house. It's a busy week next week. It's the Raw review on Tuesday. It's the NXT review on Wednesday. It is Hell in the Cell predictions on Thursday. It's our show, Denise, on the Friday. It will be the SmackDown review on the Saturday and then Hell in the Cell on Sunday again and then the review show on that Monday. A lot of podcasts coming out uh, over the next seven to ten days. So uh, thank you all so much for listening. We will see you then. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.